You're listening to And you're listening to the Collabcast, a podcast about pop culture and the creative life from an Asian American perspective. Uh, go, gifted old Westies, featuring Aaron Kim, star in my eyes. Let's go. Yeah. It is Friday, September the 21st, 2018. Welcome to episode 184. I think what? it's four of the collab cast. My name is Marvin Yue. I'm Minji Chang. And it's an OG pairing this week. Um, I don't remember. When was the last time? It was just you and me. It's also been a few weeks since you've been on the collab cast. Uh, you've been busy doing your, I have, your thing. And you've been busy in international waters. <laughs> Home. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this episode is just Minji and myself. We're going to be catching up on collaboration, Asian American media, and reunion. life. Um, I'm especially interested in talking to Minji about her um, adventure, her story, her journey in becoming a screenwriter. Oh, dear God. Finishing her first script and Do going we shopping go it around. Are you like going to every uh, single restaurant in like Hollywood saying hello? False. My name is Minji Chang. Let me just That's slip, the next. I'm going to vlog it. Let me just slip you my script. It's it's a very touching story. When I do, I'm going to like either get a GoPro Fusion or get one of those like selfie sticks and stick it in my like my, my butt pocket and have it <laughs> vlogging me as I journey down that road. So you know, no, I have not yet. I'll definitely get you noticed. <laughs> it's fine. I'm building my brand in LA. <laughs> How are you? I feel like I haven't seen you in forever. I haven't. I've bumped into you because we've seen each other at like the screening for a simple favor, but I saw you for like 20, That's true. 20 milliseconds. <laughs> and then we're like, okay, thanks for the posters. Bye. <laughs> um, yeah. Having, it's, uh, <laughs> that's how I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I mean, the let's end. start with what we always start with, which is what's on your mind? What's, what, what have you been watching? I watched stuff, Marvin. <laughs> I've grown as a person since oh, yeah? you last saw me. Um, I've, I've, I've tur- I'm turning leaves, Marv, and really focusing on that which sparks joy in my life and, you know, so soothes I'm my soul. That, I'm hearing that and I'm thinking that just means you have some more free time or you've somehow carved out time in your life to sit plop down in front of a couch and well, watch something. I went to the movies. It's basically oh. like I had a freaking movie pass this whole year and I've used it probably like three times. That's, you got to use that because that company is going. That's what I'm saying. Flames. I was like, it ain't going to exist no more. <laughs> so should use it. I watched the Black Klansman. Oh, yeah. And I loved it. I have not gone to that yet. Oh, I beat you. <laughs> Shut up. Um, no, it was really good, and um, it just felt nice, and just the separation from my phone, everything, just like, because even if I'm at home, watching, sitting on a couch, I mm-hmm. still have access to all my screens. This I have my true. phone, I have my tablet, and I have my laptop, so that's still no bueno, and I, I know at some point in that two hours that I'm watching XYZ on my TV at home, I'll get up and check my stupid phone. So it's like a meditative <laughs> thing. Um, but no, Black Klansman was so good. I was super emotional. It's really funny. I mean, people are raving about it for a reason. Yeah, it was it was great. <laughs> That's awesome. Why haven't you watched it, Marv? I mean, it's I not have, like you've I, been traveling to Canada or anything and interviewing filmmakers. I was able to. I didn't really get to interview as many filmmakers as I wanted to. You never. We never have time. Yeah. To do all the things. Um, but I did watch a bunch of films. Um, if, you, if you caught our last episode from TIFF. Um, which would have been two episodes ago, I think. Um, you would have heard me and um, Anderson Lee talk about the films we've watched. I need to watch I and mean, listen to that. From <laughs> Anderson from Yam Yam Yeah. Awesome. Um, but yeah, a lot of like great thing about TIFF, and I'll say it again, is it's way more accessible than Sundance because it's not like up and down a giant hill while it's snowing, dumping snow on you. Good call. Um, September. Very uh, <laughs> good timing. It's like all in the center of the city and it's very accessible. I was able to watch pretty much everything I tried to watch. Uh, I didn't see everything I wanted to watch. I didn't yeah, get yeah. to see the Lady Gaga movie, Star is Born. Oh, they're playing that at TIFF? Everyone's going to see that in like a few weeks anyway. That's what I'm saying. It's so, a movie good. pass high. Yeah, I did get to see The Hate You Give. Um, uh-huh. Which is it's based on a YA novel that's about like it's the themes are Black Lives Matter like the Black Lives Matter movement. <laughs> I'm I'm so jelly and also just really happy that you got to go and and watch the. I know 
you know, the main thing that you and I've been learning about going to all these festivals is that it is such a great environment and like curated group of like really great yeah. filmmakers and art and up and comers like the, and it gives a different vibe because it's not something like oh we're gonna watch the next Zack Snyder barf movie you know <laughs> and you know what I mean like there are no there's less preconceived notions you're kind of like I'm here to see something really really new yeah but that's um, what's gonna be quality yeah and TIFF is an international film festival yeah. so it has films not only from the states and from North America but also from all around so I was able uh, to watch um, the Korean entry into the international Oscars category, which is called Burning, hey. which stars Stephen Young. Hey, is that one that that uh, thriller movie? Yeah, and the, the, you shared that trailer, and I was like, I don't want to watch this. I'm interested <laughs> to see how you feel about it because it's definitely like it's for me. It was a movie that um, I liked the more I thought about it afterwards there's several movies like that i've heard that reaction to the movie that you and i watched together which was a simple favor yeah and yeah uh, we'll get to that okay. in a sec um but it deals with a lot of like basically korean anger and like and what's that like angst about like the the class divide in modern seoul what so i'm wondering if you watch so it people. If you watch it, if it would have a more visceral reaction to the actual, like the actual themes, because um, I wonder, like I'm having a visceral yeah. reaction right now, Marvin. <laughs> so, in short, yes. Yeah, but um, the acting's great in it. The interaction. Stephen Young plays a really good, like smug, rich soul guy. Love it. <laughs> I love it. Oh, Stephen. <laughs> But uh, yeah, apparently his Korean's real good too. So it was good. I listened. I mean, he spoke in the trailer, and I was like, "Oh," because yeah. you sent it to me. Like, <laughs> is it passable? I was like, I think that was like your. You messaged it to me on Facebook, and you're like, "Yeah." So what do you think? And I was like, "Hmm." It's definitely no. a movie. It's it's it's. I think it's coming on theaters in a, in a, in a little bit. So um, you should. You said it's Oscar bait, like. It's um, not Oscar bait. It's 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 Korea. So every country submits a a film for the international category. Of the Oscars, okay. so this is Korea's submission, and it might not get nominated in the final like section, but it's their submission. Very cool. Yeah. So I've just noted. Well, yeah, we'll talk about simple, but I'm just noticing how there's so many more. I feel like Get Out just kind of opened the floodgates for other people to to dabble in like thriller, more like integrating <laughs> more of that theme into what would probably be just kind of like more of a dramatic thing. I feel Gone like Girl kind of did that too. It's not just that. I think it's um, it's, it's it's a lot of different things, right? It's the fact that Oscar So Wide by April Rain, Whitewashed Out by um, Nerds of Color, was it? Um, like all these different movements to not just open Hollywood's eyes, but like to like stick your fingers in their eyelids and like force them open, tape them up about the inequality of diversity and representation in media mm-hmm. has led to. Like because because these movies aren't they they weren't they're not just like you can't just make it and put it out. Yeah. It takes one or two years oh, of at least at minimum yeah. to like put out a feature film, especially in Hollywood. So if you think about it, all these movies that are coming out now have their roots in two, three years ago when we were all making a big stink about it, right? Mm-hmm. Um and then it just so, so happens every that every complaint counts. <laughs> and it just so happens that as a day come out they're quote unquote redefining the industry, but it's really like like people of color can do different genres. They don't like Asians don't just have to be immigrant drama. Oh yeah, family drama. For sure, we can do this well too. Absolutely, but we can do like black movies don't have to be about slavery or yeah, yeah. crime. And my comment was not know. about like the diversity. It's more kind of like the general well, yeah. the vibe of kind of where media is going, and I feel like that's reflective of how society kind of goes. Yeah, because you're just integrating different themes on your you get to talk about things like race and you get to talk about things about classism and gender inequality and all these things integrating like yeah. that thriller aspect that yeah. horror or like fear you, stuff yeah like you said like jordan peele doing that through a thriller through a horror pseudo horror freaking brilliant you know and then jordan peele's like he's on a roll right now because he he produced black Klansman, mm-hmm. and he also he's producing the new Twilight Zone series. Okay. Yeah. And hey. that's all about like... I freaking love Jordan Peele. That's all about society, social commentary through genre, sci-fi, horror tropes. Key and Peele, let me tell you, it's been <laughs> such oxygen in my... When I'm stressed out, I just watched the, the Substitute Teacher video. <laughs> 
Well, let's um, let's talk about a simple favor because it is kind of like it feels like September is the follow up to Asian August. It's basically Henry Golding's second film. Yeah. Which is which another I, like huge, which I think he did so brilliantly. Like yeah. he's just lovely, and it it was really just funny to watch it on the as we were helping promote the film. Yeah. It's just and we like it's so interesting that he wasn't included in any of the marketing. Minji and I, yeah, we both we watched the film back in July. I want to say it like was beginning. Of, it was beginning of August. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so a month and a half before the yeah, premiere, and we were like, he's like. Literally, the third most lines he might have just as many lines as Blake Lively because Blake Lively is not even in the film for half the movie. He is the third leg to the tripod. He is not like a inconsequential yeah. character. <laughs> he is a fundamental part of this whole entire story. But up until the week before release, he was in none of the posters. Like graphics. we, yeah, and there are updated trailers with him now, like <laughs> scenes with him. Now. And I was just like, it's so interesting because. You look at it from so many different angles, and you just like I straight up went to look at each of their Instagram accounts. Like Anna Kendrick's at like fourteen million. Blake Live has got like twenty three million because she's freaking she's Barbie. She's mm. living Barbie, and I love her. Um, but like Henry Golding's, you know, he's there at a, at a modest hundred k or something like that. And for now, for I'm but it's been growing. But like he made this movie quite a while ago you know you do movies well in advance i don't know what they were expecting about crazy rich asians Mm -hmm. like they clearly were not understanding all of the buzz that that movie was getting it was just really fascinating to watch that unfold Mm -hmm. before everyone else got to experience (laughs) and it was really happening we watched it not very long before the premiere of crazy rich asians yeah so that all coincided it was really and we were already charmed by henry golden oh yeah right and i love that he's kind of become (laughs) He's become Paul Feig's new like BFS. Like yeah, like the guy like like what Leonardo DiCaprio was to Scorsese. Right? Yeah. Um well, because, Paul Feig and Tom Ford, apparently. Because <laughs> <laughs> Paul Feig now has casted him in his next big film, which is apparently a Minji's favorite genre, by the way. Christmas rom com set in London. Oh lovely. Like love actually. Amelia Clark. Yeah. Lovely. I love it. No, and and it's really exciting. And we all kind of like, because we were such fans and genuinely after so many rounds of watching Crazy Rich Asians, for us, it's like, well, we already knew that. <laughs> uh, we it's It was an expectation. It's not a surprise that he's shooting off into the stratosphere. Yeah. Him and Aquafina, everybody, like everyone who did, did, they did an amazing job. So many new projects coming and out. There's great momentum. Um, and it's, it just feels great. I mean, okay, let's, Really quickly, we can't bring up the movie without talking about your thoughts about it, I guess, since we're a pop culture podcast. <laughs> well, because it's out now, we can know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, what did you think, Marv? <laughs> like, I definitely had fun. Yeah. But I was like, I think it was my, like, it was not rep sweats because I wasn't f- worried about representation, but like thinking like the, like thinking in my head, like, does this work? Does this yeah, work? Yeah, that's movie? basically what it was. Right. Even though it was a lot of fun and I should just like, went with that gut feeling well we left the way i was just like kind of bewildered and i was like what did i just watch and then i was like i enjoyed it because <laughs> yeah. you think about it, it's pretty much like it's gone girl with like a quenzian like twist it's like quenzian. like you know like coen's brothers movies it's all uh-huh. about like um like small time crooks who like think they're geniuses yeah, yeah, yeah. it's kind of like that we're like this is like gone girl if everyone involved in the gone girl plot was bad at it yeah <laughs> right? yeah like, I just well, it's it's a mixture of genres, it's a mixture of stars, and um, uh, my main word for <laughs> describing it was like I I settled that it was it's ambitious, and and I had fun like I just like but the way I say it kind of says a lot like, <laughs> like I was like yeah I had fun watching I was like I had fun watching but it. if you think of like the, the characters are all pretty like true their characterizations right like, for sure you were laughing at the absurdity of the situations but not at their actions yes no well, some of their actions well okay so for i really 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 <laughs> wish that you were at the screening that you left because <laughs> you had you had stuff to do you're like producing another show so you had to go but um it was fun watching it with a theater full of people uh-huh. there were a lot of reactions like people <laughs> were very vocal you know they're like yeah. ah! people were screaming I love you, Kevin Fong, with all my heart. <laughs> Kevin Fong. Okay, I was sitting in the like you know the front row of the f- top half of the theater, and he's sitting in the very back row of the bottom part of the theater. So I could see him. I could see his lovely hair. And every time something happens, he's just like, ah! 
threw up his hands. And there are other parts of the theater. People were just like, we increasingly felt like a group of friends watching this movie. Mm -hmm. So it was a very reactive group. (laughs) And they're like, what? I mean, there was definitely plenty of fashion. Oh, yeah. It did fashion very well. I mean, eye candy in general. Mm -hmm. Come on, Blake and Henry. Shut up with your faces. And those kids were adorable. They were adorable. It was very fun to watch. But I also wonder how I would feel if we had watched it like on Netflix, like at home right. versus a theater. I think that would be Well, because we did too. watch Gone Girl at your place. At my house, and I had yeah. a meltdown. I was like, <laughs> I don't know how I'm supposed to sleep after this. I think, um, yeah, I think um, definitely fun is the right word. Yeah. And just like, don't worry about anything else. Yeah, just, 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 just let go. it Just let it take you on a journey yeah. and you'll have a great time. Don't try to figure it out. <laughs> just don't. Yeah. Um, maybe... People finding Henry Golding will lead them to maybe I should check out Crazy Rich Asians. No, I think so. Well, Crazy Rich Asians, it's I already like made like 160 million dollars. It's it's it surpassed Ocean's Eight. You know what I mean? I'm not yeah. for some reason. It's the singular success of that movie has really. I'm not saying it's all solved. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I think it's a huge sigh of relief. I think it's a huge win. It's a huge celebration point, and it's an accountability point because now it's like, okay, well we won a big win. Mm -hmm. You can't let things go to shit now. Like you have to keep that energy and momentum and quality of artistry, creativity of acting direct, all of that. Now it's like we set a bar, you know what I'm saying? So I like that. And, and frankly, because of that, because I know people, especially Asian people, like we, we don't go from an A to a B. Like we gotta (laughs) keep the, like, you know, you set the expectations high. So I'm very encouraged and I think we're on the right track. We just got to like keep, honestly, now it's like just time to work. Yeah. You know? Exciting things happening on TV too. A lot of of great TV coming this fall. We had a big preview episode last week with Han Nguyen of IndieWire. And Sandra Oh slayed at the Emmys. Let's just be real. How did you feel? So yeah, let's talk about the Emmys. I didn't really watch. I didn't watch. I just heard highlights through Uh, social media. But you can, I mean. Oh no, I mean, uh, I mean, obviously she got robbed by Claire Foy. See, I'm not, for, I haven't watched neither. <laughs> who won for the crown. But to be fair, I mean, it might be one of those things where this is the last time Claire Foy will be able to win for the crown because next season they they recasted Queen Elizabeth because everyone's getting older. Oh. Yeah. I haven't watched the crown. My mom has watched the crown and she raves about it. So oh. <laughs> I must. Do you enjoy like British royalty? I do. Drama? Well, I was, well, I didn't watch Victoria. I have, I wanted to watch The Crown. I was, because I was a fan of Downton Abbey, which is not British royalty, but it's about that whole like. That's more like Austin y. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but it has to do with, because they're, they're part of, they're like an extension of that, the, you know, I still the monarchy. Ha- I still have not watched in like a real Pride and Prejudice like movie or show. I've only seen the one with zombies in it. Shut up. You haven't watched the one with Keira Knightley? No. Marvin. For shame. (laughs) Why are my friends with you? You don't know me, but at all. (laughs) I'm so devastated right now. You're you're definitely one of those characters. I'm such a Jane Austen. Um, No, it's a a really great... And again, I was deterred as a youngin by the titles. I was like, Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> but it's so good. It's so universal, right. very relatable. It's just about how we interpret people yeah. and romance and fam- it's like a lot about families too. It's not just about like <laughs> Mr. Darcy and all that, which is just oh, such a great story. But it's also about hierarchy. It's about society. About how we. I can see disrespect. you going for a Mr. Darcy type. Oh yeah, the one that like is the- a dick, <laughs> but is actually like kind of lovely. <laughs> Um, I am excited about uh, Mary Queen of Scots. I heard that only because Gemma Chan's in it. Oh, is that the only reason why? Well, that's one of the reasons. Yeah, I like like listening to Scottish accents. Okay, Scotland. (laughs) I caught Outlaw King at TIFF, which is the story of Robert the Bruce, which is the King of Scotland that like won independence back uh, from England. um, Which is a fine movie. It starts Chris Pine. Doing his best Scottish accent. Oh, whatever, Chris Pine. Um, features Chris Pine penis. Um, it's a very big deal about his full frontal scene. I was just about to say, let's all get lost in Chris Pine's eyes. <laughs> and then you've... Anyway. Yeah, and, and I fell asleep during the final battle scene. 
Marvin. Well, is that telling <laughs> about the movie? Up, I stayed up for the entire like so you caught the his, boring part. Got his junk, but you didn't yeah, get the, uh, but at the, the final cli- like I, I, the climax. I, I don't know. I, I was tired. Okay. You know, you know, you're you're in a big film festival. Walking around all day, and your cozy theater. You sit down the theater, and it's like that's what I've been saying. Everyone makes fun of me because I fall asleep everywhere. (laughs) Girl's tired. Okay, she's walking around. She's like exerting energy all sorts of places. Like I sit in a comfy chair, and it's quiet and dark. Good night. (laughs) Well, when we come back from our break, uh, we're going to talk about future masterpieces written by future (laughs) artists. I'd love to, Mi- to meet them. We're going to talk to Minji about her experiences being a screenwriter. Oh, we'll be right back. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for listening to the Collabcast. This podcast is a program of collaboration, a nonprofit media organization supporting Asian Americans in the arts and entertainment. Discovering, developing, showcasing, and connecting the creative talents of the Asian American community in North America and beyond. You can learn more about collaboration and our programs by going to the website at www.collaboration.org. And for our listeners in the Atlanta and surrounding areas, we wanted to give a quick shout out to our team at Collaboration Atlanta, who are putting together their first Empower Atlanta Creative Leadership Conference. This is the first Empower Conference event that will take place outside of Los Angeles and is taking place in Atlanta, Georgia on Saturday, October the 6th. For more information on the conference and learn how to get tickets, check out www.collabatl.org. That's K-O-L-L-A-B-A-T-L.org. The Collabcast is also a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of Asian-American-hosted podcasts featuring unique stories and narratives from all around the Asian-American community. Joining us in the collective is a group of really awesome shows, including Books and Boba, an Asian-American book club. First of all, the solo podcast of my co-host, Minji Chang. And they call us Bruce, the podcast hosted by Phil Yu and Jeff Yang. Check out their latest episode where they interview immigration advocate Jose Antonio Vargas. Learn more about all our great shows by going to our website at www.podcastpotluck.com. And welcome back to the Collabcast. Now's the part of the show where we uh, grill Minji about what she's been up to, why I haven't seen her for why in the last you? few months. Uh, for those of you who have been keeping up with the Collabcast, um, might know that Minji was selected as one of the second round finalists for the Sundance Filmmakers um, Screenwriters Labs, uh, which she submitted for. And in order to submit for this thing, you have to write a script. I'm sorry, I'm just making all sorts of weird noises. I'm going <laughs> to be quiet now. So now, Minji Chang former executive director of collaboration current board member is officially a screenwriter with a finished script what? everyone congratulate Benji claps uh, <laughs> how does it feel you fraudulent i received a text <laughs> from minji saying that she submitted her uh, screenplay like literally seconds before the deadline 559 and like 58 seconds probably you know it's a good thing that site didn't crash on you i know that much <laughs> <laughs> i'm aware mm. it was great fun yeah how did it feel because this is um so um i don't want to get too much into your story story because or, or the story because you know we want to wait to watch it on on, on screen do we <laughs> um but it's you know you, you you you've been talking about writing your story for the longest time yeah and then um like well, my story rec- is very lengthy this is a chunk of it yeah. <laughs> but recently you decided to pivot to focusing more on the character that your brother is based on or is based on your brother well it's funny actually so the film, I wanted to figure out a way to tell my, there's a specific story that is on my podcast. If you want to hear it, but, um, that I wanted to tell about my stuff that I, I was really imagining coming out at a different time in a different way. I was like, should I write a book about it? I, I don't know. Like do it like a blog or a no, or mini, like a short story series or something that, that story of mine, I always just didn't imagine would end up being in, a movie that I would anyway. So when the whole Sundance thing came up, I was like, Oh, that'd be really, really great. And the whole, um, story behind it was that I wanted to write a story about my brother. And that's, that was 
just what I wanted to do just because I think he said had such an enter- it's like entertaining it's not it's very <laughs> meaningful it's very layered it's very um, universal in a lot of ways and very I think important for stories about men young men to be sure I like you know I'm a woman and me too and all of that time's up and I'm all about that but something about watching my brother go through what he's gone through the last several decades like I really wanted to make a movie about him and his relationship with himself with his peers and with my dad um so when the Sundance thing came around I was like oh you know there's different you go go to film festivals and you Mm -hmm. kind of get a sense of these are the types of stories that are compelling and for me where does that coincide with my taste? Because you see some things that are super experimental and very abstract and artsy. And, uh, and, <laughs> sorry, that's rude. Not, uh, but it's just not my cup of tea. Right, right. I'm not the kind of person that's going to write um, an interpretive piece. I'm going to write a very literal piece. That's my style. Well, I mean, I feel like that's what you're more interested to. You're, you, as an actor, you're interested in getting into people's brains and figure out, find out why. Or what motivates them to do what they do? Yeah, or what? In a very you know. normal way, I feel like, Mar- and I feel like the, every person to me, I'm fascinated by mundane. What other people might think is mundane, I'm very intrigued by normal life, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. I think life itself is endlessly fascinating. Why do we make the choices that we do? Why do we show up to the places? Why do we root for these people? Why do we invest in these relationships? Like I could take you, Marv, and I could make like 10 million movies about different parts of your life and different parts of your psyche. That's what interests me. And I don't, that's why I've never gravitated towards like sci-fi or fantasy because to me, real life is very intriguing. Mm. So that's the kind of story that I wanted to write. And then, uh, yeah, it's it was really intimidating. <laughs> Very. Well, I mean, it's based on real life stuff. Like you pretty much written your family into your script. Yeah. But your brother does have a really interesting story because he, you know, um, from what I've heard from you, us just hanging out talking, like he was kind of a problem kid. Oh, totally. Um, he was the problem child. And now he's he caused like, a lot of problems for other children. <laughs> and now he's like a stuffy lawyer. Yeah, the Ajshi, and it's weird. Uh, I believe the British call him Stodgy. Is he Stodgy? He's like he's. A, I think he's a, a kind of. I've been watching too many um, British Bake Off. Yeah, watching episodes, like yeah. I was gonna say, what are you watching? Like the most polite competition on in the universe. Uh, no, I think he's really, really a fascinating character. He always, to me, was like the rebel, mm-hmm. the troublemaker, the mischievous one. I was always the straight-laced, goody two-shoes, too scared to do everything, really sensitive and overly critical, overly thoughtful kid. We're very different. Um, so I thought he was a character. And so I turned that story and then um, through this, you know, you you mentioned it, like, because I've talked to you about this idea for years. <laughs> and then um, my boyfriend, Kenji, and like there are other people who are like, why don't you, like, what about you? Like, there were overlaps in this story. Um, some very significant, dramatic overlaps. And I had never even really thought of it because the only thing I was envisioning, and it's weird when you're like writing your thing, you get kind of tunnel vision, like this is the thing I'm going to make. Mm-hmm. And then so when I started approaching it, like I was like, oh, sure, like why not? And I don't know if that's being female, Asian, what it was, but there was like a block of like, why do I belong in this story? I kind of made myself <laughs> like a tertiary character, mm. which is weird. I mean... I think it's just part of crafting the story, right? You, you, yeah. you, t- you talk to people about how they create stories, like, you know, how you create the world. Is it based on real worlds? Is it based on real people? Yeah. And, like, the story, how much do you want to zoom in and zoom out? Right? Yeah. Because especially with film, you don't have the um, the crutch of having a narrator. Right. Or you could, you but then it, would, it would be a really like then be terrible. boring <laughs> film. Right? Well, I'm sure there's movies that have done it well, but you're totally right. Yeah. And... and uh, approaching it like so it's and it's really different from concept to actually mm-hmm. writing the script you're like oh well this is this isn't how, oh okay <laughs> and some of it's like you just you get you hit these walls of like this is not at all what i'm trying to say you know mm-hmm. and you have to match what again not like telling like, well let me tell you what my upbringing was <laughs> you know like those boring characters so um because i'm interested in your process because just because i haven't seen you I didn't get this. Now that you have a boyfriend, um, you're, you have you, your other source systems. Now you know how I feel. Um, about but did you just like barrel through and write the whole thing? I know you started with the 10 page. 
um, script for it was the actually first five. Round. Yeah. So when yeah. I first did the first, it, it was due in May, and you have to submit the first five pages of your script. You have to write the synopsis. So you have to tell what the story is, mm-hmm. and then give basically a bite sized sample of here's my first five pages. Then you have to write a artist statement. You have to write a cover letter. You have to kind of just build not only what the film is, but why it matters. So I really liked that about Sundance because they have a ton of like, I looked at their past uh, fellows <laughs> and I was like, oh shit, I'm not going to get this. Like, there's just no way. But at the same time, it was really motivating because everybody had a point of view. They're coming from different parts of the world and they're coming yeah. from different perspectives and that's what they cared about. And I like that they integrated that into their application. They're like, why now? Because there's going to be so many different applicants. What is this story about? Why is it relevant to be made and to be told right now? And so that was an interesting angle for me because I did feel the urgency. Basically, the reason why I got so passionate about writing this was last year at Charlottesville, Mm. which is why when I watched Black Klansman, you'll understand that movie was also instigated, like inspired by Charlottesville. Right. That movie, that incident was very, very like provocative, provoked a lot of people to kind of like, uh, what are we doing here? What are we saying? I mean, it's just like you can go about your life hearing about these people that still believe in fascism and all this stuff, but seeing so many people come out and be open about it. Yeah. And these are people who ostensibly you share citizenship with. You share. But these are people we've also encountered, right? Right. So then I saw those guys. I was just like, those look like the bros at my high school that my brother punched. (laughs) That's literally. And I was like, and I also saw my brother in that because I've seen like angry young men a lot in my life, Mm -hmm. right? Like you were talking earlier about Korean anger. Like that's a very real thing. (laughs) And I wanted to share a story where it is universal. Yeah, yeah. Go on this journey with this young Korean guy who's freaking angry and violent and confused and like it's it's not even just about like racism yeah that's a feeding reason why he was so mad because he had to deal with all this bs from different angles but it's also like his own identity as a man it's like toxic masculinity it's the generation that was like right after the ronnie king riots it was the asian pride time it Mm -hmm. was like the emerging social media technology like that was literally happening and unfolding as we were you and i were adolescents you know yeah we lived in a childhood where we had no little to no technology and it just skyrocketed all of a sudden right when we're at a very vulnerable age you know what i mean so that's the story i wanted to tell and so in in regards to your question of like the process i submitted my first five pages and i had written two sets so technically i had 10 pages written down right right and i chose one and I actually chose the one that i thought was kind of weaker but i thought would be better for the application mm-hmm Kind of still regret it, but whatever, I got in, so it's fine. (laughs) And then I had these 10 pages, and then so I didn't find out until August that I got in. So between May and August, I didn't do anything. (laughs) So I just sat on it, and then Kenji was like really encouraging me. He's like, Minji, I think you have a great story. You should work on it. He like challenged me, gave me deadlines, which I I was like, sure, didn't do anything. (laughs) And um, because I worked on other projects, I wrote a pilot for a web series. I worked, I wrote a network, like I wrote another comedy pilot that I want. I was just at least it got the ball rolling. Yeah, but I didn't work on it at all for three months. And so, funny thing is beginning of august basically you're supposed to find out by like august 24th if you got into round two and at the beginning of august like our friends taz ahmed yeah. and trinity she like apparently naomi got into naomi yeah. co they they put it on their facebooks they're like i got into round two sundance so i was like awesome i was really really happy for them and in the same moment i was like damn it i didn't get in because <laughs> i was just like oh they're all getting notified so then when i got the email late august it was like right at that cusp of august 24th deadline i saw the email from sundance and Mm -hmm. i was like well here's my rejection letter (laughs) yay and so i was like whatever let's get this over with so i opened it and then it was like dear christine minji chang we're pleased to inform you i was like huh (laughs) (laughs) like what so then i had to start writing i mean i remember that day and you were just like you spend like maybe like half the day freaking out. Yeah. And then yeah. going, oh crap, I need to finish this. And thing. confused. Yeah. I was genuinely like, but I, I wasn't planning on, all right. I had 12 days. I mean, it really lights a fire in your butt oh, to like yeah. get it done. I think my final thing was like 114 or 15 pages, and I only had 10 done 
12 days at the 12 days before the deadline mark. Yeah. So I wrote a, over 100 pages. I mean, let this be a lesson to those of you who want to um, apply to these fellowships. Um, keep working on keep it. Keep working on your story, man. Because you never know. Like, yeah. You know, I mean, I want to go back to one of the first comments you made when I asked you about how do you feel? And you said you feel like a fraud. Yeah. And I mean, that's Fraudulent. a common, like, that's imposter syndrome has been like a huge um, talking point, even within this last, like, couple months with a lot of other writers yeah. and directors getting gigs and like feeling like I don't think I deserve this for some weird it's reason. Weird. It's weird because like I let some friends read chunks of it. So basically my process was I had 12 days. I really only wrote for about six because um, <laughs> the rest I was trying to map it out. So it's really weird when you're you're trying to make a two hour long piece mm-hmm. and like Every medium's really different. I'm realizing this by the actual doing of it instead of just watching. But like a short is different because you have 10 minutes to 15 minutes of beginning, middle, and end. So you have roughly one page equals one minute-ish. Mm-hmm. So you have like 10 to 15 pages that you need to write. And it's different because it's a short format. So the arcs are different. The way you have room to leave things open-ended. Do you tie things up in a nice little bow? Like it's really different. And then the medium that you're talking about, if you're writing a feature film that you're trying to make into like the next Fruitvale station, which is my dream, <laughs> like, is it that or is it, are you trying to make like a straight to DVD kind of like rom-com? Like those are all very different. Yeah. So I was studying, I became a student again and I'm like, all this is self-taught and I'm like asking Kenji who went to film school, he's giving me guidance. We're watching YouTube videos. I'm watching like looking up tutorials on script writing on like how to parse out your space like basically okay you have 120 pages to fill how at 30 pages 60 pages 90 pages what do you have to hit in terms of story so i'm trying to be like formulaic while i'm trying to be creative (laughs) and it was really really challenging but so in the doing of it i guess i don't feel like a fraud because i was doing the work and that Mm -hmm. felt really cool because i was like oh i'm i'm a screenplay writer but then when you do it and you're like this is awful like that's how you're like how is this ever going to get made like who would but the funny thing is when i showed the chunks of story to my friends to my roommates um they they were like some of them got really emotional and they're like this is really powerful so there are moments of like validation that help me feel like i'm doing something valuable but then the execution i was like this is so clunky and like (laughs) just a train wreck i mean i feel like ever since i've known you've been a really good storyteller so Aww. like wasn't concerned about the way but oh, you know the concern was just more like the get it um, done Minji. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like all the roadblocks you can put in front of yourself when it comes to like because you're so good at supporting other people oh um yeah but, i believe in them <laughs> But like so, like hesitant about yourself sometimes. Like, oh no, Marvin! I had to spend two hours to go get a rotisserie chicken from Costco. <laughs> I couldn't write. <laughs> but like you know, no part of it is also selfish for me. I need to hurry up and get this working so I can be a producer on it. I please do, Marvin. <laughs> I I really it's really special too to to feel liberated to be that Asian. I guess to be mm-hmm. that honest about my point of view mm-hmm. is really, really, really for better or worse, whatever happens with this, like that was in and of itself, it broke a dam. Cause I just like that, that whole feeling like a fraud thing is so real. You're like, who's going to, who's going to care about this? Are they going to get it? It's not even the, who's going to care is like, well, this makes sense. You know what I mean? Like that feeling of like, if I write it and Kenji and like my friends are like, no, just be truthful to what you want to say. If they don't get it, we've all watched movies where we are not from Scotland and we figured it out. Yeah. We're like, okay, so-and-so likes so-and-so and they're the son. Okay, got it. She turned her mother into a bear. And now she needs to break the curse. Exactly. We figured it out, <laughs> right? So, like, what is so unfathomable about our story? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And it was just weird because I was like, yeah, screw it. I just need to give myself permission to be like... Because people are like, oh, that doesn't make sense. I was like, it'll make sense. Don't worry. I mean, part of it's also, like... You hear stories about how much work it took to like for someone to make it, or how like they had, you know how like when you when we we've, we've been presenters, right? When you present someone on stage, they went to so and so school, they received so and so awards, and mm-hmm. this is why they're important. Mm-hmm. And it's like I've done jack shit. Yeah, you know, I've I got up today, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> made but, the bed. But the thing to remember is you wrote a script. Now, yeah, you know, it's like it's. It's this. It's it's weird because it's this. 
the type of empowerment that we've been trying to push onto others. Yeah, and ironic. Right? We ourselves are like, eh, I guess I kind of do podcasts. I mean, you know? I freaking am like, that's a funny thing with you and podcasts. Like, I... I literally like I'm like is is Marvin swamped because I can't refer him to more people but people ask me about like who would know how to do audio engineering how to produce and I was like Marvin and then I tell them and then like you're always like you're very yeah so vice right back at you Marv like we <laughs> we do that a lot and it's it's a very that's why we need support around us to remind us and I'm very very fortunate that people to me, it was just funny because I was like, are they just being nice? You know what I mean? Because I was like, you don't know if I'm going to, if I'll be any good. Yeah, but you're also good at like sniffing out BS. So if I was like, it's great. Yeah. And I'd be like, Marv, I'm going to destroy you <laughs> for trying to coddle me right now. I hate you. And we're breaking up as friends. No, I am good at sniffing out yeah. BS. And you're not the actor. I am. <laughs> so. But yeah, it's 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 been great to see you seem more um, open to like the possibilities now before or before it was kind of like something you always wanted to do. Something you've been talking about a lot, but like it was more comfortable before it being the dream. Yeah, it is comfortable. <laughs> You're totally that hit the nail on the head. Yeah. I actually realized um, I never re looked at my application for mm-hmm. Sundance um, until I found out I got into phase two. And the funny thing is, me being a Berkeley grad, <laughs> I learned how to write things at the very last minute. That's the main thing I learned from college. <laughs> it's like, it's due in two hours. Write 10 pages right now. You'd be surprised if you ever follow like Asian author Twitter or just author Twitter in general. Yeah. It's not an uncommon thing. <laughs> it's a deadline. There's and, and they're very effective. And, yeah. and you're like, that's that's the whole reason why I applied to Sundance. It's like to me, it felt like a huge hail mary. But I was like, screw it. It's a deadline. I wanted to write this. Like I'm gonna do it. And then I tell people because then I can't be that girl who just talks out of my butt and doesn't do what she's gonna say. Yeah. I have a I have an ego. Like I can't. I have my pride. So <laughs> I did that to be held accountable. And then so when I found out I got into phase two, I went back and reread my. Uh, Because I had to read down. I was like, what the hell did I submit? So (laughs) I had to download my application. I read it and I was like, oh, this isn't as incoherent as I thought. I actually said some pretty meaningful things. I I feel like I expressed myself well in like an accurate way. And one of the lines that stuck out to me that I was like, did I really write that? I wrote like, here I am. I, I said in my Sundance application, like, I feel like I've been getting ready for this my entire life. And I said, it's very, maybe it's an ostentatious thing to say, but I feel like I was made to do this and I need your help to help me be good enough to like do it because this is what I'm meant to do. Yeah. So I was very like, like, damn, okay, <laughs> get get on with your bold self. And I was very bold, but then I also You're said- You were giving past me a high five. <laughs> I was. I was like, okay. Maybe it was like the urgency, the sheer terror of like, I'm not going to get this application in. Like, I Maybe you wrote, I it wrote it back in May to tell your future self to like, Probably. Hey, don't forget. Remember what you said. <laughs> and then the other line that I wrote was like, um, I, I'm, I've written five pages or, you know, I'm multiple pages into a screenplay and I'm finally starting to realize that this is a reality that could be mine. Mm-hmm. I said something like that. And yeah, that made, yeah. that got me emotional. I was like, I, yeah, that is what I think. And it's funny what you'll write. That's why I think writing and journaling is so liberating and really important. Whether you show somebody or not, whether it gets made into a screenplay, mm-hmm. it's really like it lets you figure yourself out. I was like, is that? Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that was a really good thing. And and that was a, I was glad I read that because it, it it's what I needed to tell myself, remind myself, like, okay, I have 12 pages to write yeah. 100-something pages. Like, get your ass in gear. And this could be yours, but you got to do the work. Yeah. You got to do the work. And it's great that you, because a lot of people think they have to do it themselves, right? Like they think, this is something that we've talked about, like going to Sundance and seeing how like, there are a lot of people that we know that should be here that aren't here. Yeah. To like get, like even taking the inspiration of being around other movies and people who are making movies. You and I have like a guest list, like why aren't y'all should be here. And it's because it, it goes back to the whole like feeling like you don't belong there. Right. Right. I'm allowed to be here. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I mentioned Irene in my application. Mm-hmm. I was like, I credit her. She's the one who invited me. And then for that, for me to take that invitation and show up was a revelation of like, I'm allowed to be in this space. I'm allowed to occupy 
yeah. room here. I could be one of you. Yeah. You know? And, and then I watched some films and I was like, oh, I could be one of you. <laughs> <laughs> and there's just so many resources available yeah. that you wouldn't know about if you didn't a, look for them. B, ask for them because they're not going to come looking for you. No, they're they, not. they don't have the time. They don't, ain't nobody right? got time for them to hand you anything. But like you know, outside of Sundance, there's like Film Independent. There's like Cam VC. There's so many like Cape with the writers and yes. fellowship. Like, I mean, yeah. There's so many like there's so many opportunities to um, get the help or the leg up you need. You just need to open yourself up to accepting. A, accepting that you you could use help. You can't yes. do it yourself. Yeah. And B, knowing that you deserve, like, people will give it to you if you can prove that you deserve it. Right. right. I think that's, and the funny thing that, like, that's a, quite a pairing to be, like, confident enough to say, I deserve to be here, mm-hmm. but then also be humble enough to say, like, I have a lot to learn and develop. Right. And I think those can be very counterproductive emotions because you're conflicted of like, am I good enough? And then when you finally get to a space of like, I do deserve to be here. And then somebody in any shape or form knocks you down a little bit and goes like, it's not quite good enough. You're like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. It's like, um, I mean, I think part of it comes with like growing up without quote unquote privilege, you kind of feel like you need to prove yourself every given moment you yeah. need to do everything yourself where it's like if other people grew up with like really great support systems around them it's like yeah totally there's like money everywhere i can use to make my dreams come true yeah and knowing that they're there there's just some there's a mental thing there where like if you didn't grow up with that you don't know that that is also for you right right yes absolutely and you don't know what's up and it's it's a and sometimes it's not even like an ignorance thing it's a pride thing yeah you're like i don't want your help because you you i had a certain attitude of like no i made my every inch of the way i earned and so it's kind of like i built this ego and this pride of like if I'm going to do it, I don't need your help. But then I'm very like at the exact same time. I'm like, I'm no good. I need help. I can't do this. Like, who am I? Who are you? Like, what? And so it's, it's weird. I mean, putting an Asian American spin on it, like it, it's kind of like our parents are worried for us because they don't think our passion can support us, like pay yeah. for us. We're like, there are things available to give us money to support our passions right. that we just don't. And maybe it's because we want so badly to prove our parents that we can do it ourselves. For sure. Right? And there's a mix. Like, I'm definitely understanding, like, the layers of where are you seeking validation? And mm-hmm. if you even need that, if that's what you're doing it for, I think it's kind of like there's other ways to get validation that pay you a lot more money. Like, <laughs> get a, get validated by a paycheck. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But if you're going to do art, and, and it kind of is a meta thing with anything, things that are meaningful, you can't really put a price on. They, they mean things to you that are unquantifiable yeah. right and getting validated from either a parent or from society or from your boyfriend or girlfriend or from yourself it requires a different kind of work that's all inner work you know what i'm saying and like the technical stuff there's that's what i'm learning about myself it was a lot of m- like my own self-imposed mental blocks on top of the fact that yeah there's growth i need to do when i turned in my script Marv, i was like this is crap oh my <laughs> god like i was very proud that i did it at 5.59 and 58 seconds. But I was also like, I cannot believe I submitted that POS because like, I, they're going to read it and they're going to laugh at me. But like, I'm I don't just, know. I'm just glad that site didn't crash on you. <laughs> yeah, I'm very Yes. See, we've got to stay positive. <laughs> but I submitted it. and it, But it was a very humbling moment too of like, I need to keep working on this. So it's a very, it's like every second, it's like a millisecond by millisecond thing of like, I can do this. I got this. I, I have something to say. I need to be better. I need to work on this. Like I am, I'm just, you know, it's a marathon and that's the, that's the game. The technical stuff. Honestly, I also know a lot of people in this town and in this industry who don't do the work. Like, honestly, I think I'm appreciative of that Asian Korean work ethic that I've been, you know, programmed. And I'm grateful for that because I'm like, you have to also earn it. You know, I don't want to get in there just because I'm an Asian female, mm-hmm. millennial, whatever the whatever category box I'm checking so I can present myself a certain way. That's not why I want to earn it. I want to earn it because I'm like, this is a damn good story. It's a it's an intriguing story that was w- written well, structured well, could be cast and made. Like I need to give them that. That's what's gonna earn it. And other people that we have, you know, everyone has their perspective. People are gonna show up for all their different reasons and feel. Like they're owed something, entitled mm-hmm. to something. And I get where that feeling comes from, but I also feel like at the end of the day, like people don't give what you're owed. Like 
it's not the world's not fair. You gotta be willing gotta, to you, take what you're owed. Yeah, sometimes yeah, you gotta yeah. just like go get it, you know. And like, but what I mean by go getting it is also uh, earning it is part of it, you know. Yeah. And if you're not as good of a writer or actor, like be okay with like, okay, I'm not the best. We're all growing, you know? <laughs> We're all growing. And so I'm just also trying to give myself space to be like, yay, I did it. Yay. <laughs> and then also be really real with myself. I'm like, Minji, that is like not good. So work on it. And so my goal now is to set specific goals that I want to do two, two complete new revisions um, revised drafts by the end of this year. Yeah. So I don't even know if I got into the program until end of November or like early December. But you got a script. But I have a script, yeah. right? So like, what am I going to do in the next two months? Yeah. Like I got work to do. <laughs> oh, thank you for believing in me, Marv. Excited for you. Thank you. Uh, like I said, it's, it's selfish purposes. I need a job. I know. <laughs> don't worry. Um, Line producer, Marvin. You. <laughs> Super excited for the journey. I'm excited just following your your journey because I'm like, man, it's exciting. Someone should make a movie about this. Yeah, that'd be cool. Someone should make like a searching short film about submitting something last minute <laughs> and like it going wrong. This and is like- our lives. <laughs> no, um, but, but I want to record this on air so that my children can hear it one day. That like I know I wouldn't have worked. You're a huge part of why I even submitted or did it or wrote it. Like. All your, all your wonder. I won't call it nagging because I don't feel like that's appropriate. <laughs> but you did, you, like in your way. That's the word that comes to mind. But all your, your, your encouragement and your like persistence and making me like. I'm, I was just tired to be talking about it. I know it's <laughs> annoying, right? That's what friends are for. Be like, dude, shut up and write it. <laughs> Stop talking about it. It's annoying. Oh, thank you. You inspire me too. Aw, <laughs> reunion next week will be like, oh my god, what are you talking about? <laughs> Uh, well, on that note, that'll do it for this episode of the Collabcast. Uh, hope you enjoyed our catching up session. And, you know, Minji's a very motivating, like, her story is very, like, she could be you. Like, it's like <laughs> no formal training, kind of just, like, a passion and the will to, you know, get things done. Yeah. And that'll do a lot for you. The underdog. <laughs> I wrote that in my letter too. Yeah. I was like, I didn't, I don't have an MFA. I didn't go to film school. It's all from YouTube. This is all from Google. <laughs> like, but I'm here. Yeah. Um, as always, you can email myself or Minji um, at podcast at collaboration.org. Um, yeah. If you like what you hear, subscribe to us on iTunes or subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google uh, Spotify or wherever you find your podcasts um, leave us a nice rating review if you have the time the song for this month's intro and outro is Stars in Our Eyes by Go featuring Aaron Kim oh I'm so happy a collaboration classic and yeah thanks again for listening and we'll see you all next week love you guys bye Flashiness. Flashy